I don't know about you, but I am so happy to have a beer in front of me right now. Hopefully you oh. have the same. Oh, you bet I do. Uh, what do you have? I got some Evil Genius Beer Company from Philadelphia, hashtag adulting. It is a guava IPA with Citra, Cascade, and Warrior, whatever that is. I okay, know. that sounded but scripted, taste- like straight out of an ad. So you're going to go over that company, <laughs> brewery, and then yeah. what you just described. So go over, before we even go into what I'm drinking, do that again like you're not in an ad, because that was, that was, you must have had that planned, like, index card in front of you, like, Nathan's going to ask me this question, I just know it. Oh, I kind of knew it, but I had the beer right in front of me. Yeah, it's a, so, Evil Genius Beer Company, I actually uh, visited there over uh, my fiance's spring break um, on a four-brewery beer run for the day, in, in a day. Which I think I know what you're talking about, because I think that was on your yeah. Snapchat. Yep. Yeah. Um, stopped at this place and this is the only IPA in my life that I've ever liked ever. Ooh. Okay. Well, we'll talk later cause I like IPAs. And I don't like IPAs. I, drink. I okay. despise them with a passion and kind of sucks cause dogfish head is right near me, but, uh, right, right. it's good though. Cause it, it's mainly, gua- I, I taste a lot of guava and that's why I'm digging with it. Okay. So it's say the name of the company again, evil genius beer company. Okay. Evil Evil Genius Beer Company, and they're based out of Philadelphia? Yep. Okay. And it's a guava beer? Guava IPA? Guava IPA. Oh, yeah. It's called Hashtag Adulting. All of their beers are like hashtag whatever. Oh, that's or, not something you just you just did because you're no. 21 and can drink. You're just saying hashtag. That's what they call it, hashtag adulting. That's, that's what they call it, yeah. Ah, okay. Gotcha. And all of the uh, – some of the names of the beers are actually named after like um, – uh, TV series. So one of their beers is called Ocular Pat Down. It's a uh, chocolate peanut butter stout. I believe that's it. Um, wow. There's... And Ocular Pat Down is from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So of course, of yeah. course, of course. Um, that's great. So if I so side note, if when not if when I'm down in your neck when? of the woods and we go oh, to yes. Philadelphia, uh, mm-hmm. we're going there first. Just throwing that Absolutely. out there. That's the first spot we're going. Oh, absolutely. And I also know this place in Philadelphia that I was taken to that in that same trip that has the best pizza I have ever tasted in my life. Now, I, now I'll just give you a reference of how much I like pizza and how how much I, how high of scrutiny I have for pizza. My fiance made me a pizza blanket because pizza. I like pizza so much. Blanket. Like an actual yeah, like cro- blanket blanket? That's not like a term for another a, type of food? No, no, no. No, it's okay. like she crocheted a blanket ah. that looks like a pizza with pepperonis on it. Now, That's how much I like pizza. Now, question, because my mind is recent. Yes. Does it look okay. like a pizza because it just has like pepperoni and stuff on top? Or is it a circle? Or is it a slice of pizza? Is it shaped like a triangle? What is it? It's a circle with a darker brown outside crust. Then it has a lighter tannish uh, inside representing cheese. And then it has mm-hmm. little uh, red circles on it that are crocheted onto it. That's great. As pepperonis. Yeah. I love it. I don't know, she's ma- she's amazing it. with that stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you should take a picture because so, that's I need to see that. Absolutely. We'll put that on our Twitter at the engineer. Yep. What plug? Yep. Uh, no, what are you drinking? I am so disappointing night. Um, I've been really busy this week, but I still need a beer. Uh, there's no. I'm out of beer, so I'm on to my wife's beer. Um, make me sound, make it sound so bad. Yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> the only good part about it is that it is nine pin. So, okay. All right. Collards, That's respectable. Good company. 
Um, I love that company. But it's not just cider. It's cider rosé. Oh, I tried that before. I don't like it. It's mm. Listen, it's not bad. It's not something it's not, I'm going to uh, go out and buy. It gets the job done. It does. Still cider. So yeah. And still nine pin. So win. Yeah. I actually tried their, um, around Christmas time, they had a limited run uh, peach cobbler cider. Yep. That one's that good. One, it, it, I liked it. It was too much of a wine, though, for me because I'm – I worked on it for anybody who doesn't know. I worked on an f- apple orchard for eight years, mm-hmm. nine years, nine years. So I know cider very well kind of. Um, and Nine Pin is really good. But they're, when they get into the wine stuff, I don't know. It's not my yeah, thing. Nine Pin, I'm trying to look it up right now. They just came out with a new one that I want to try. It's, again, another, oh, really? another limited edition one. It's, yeah. Uh, man, I'm not going to be able to find it right now. Oh, it's a uh, nine pin crew blue is what they call it. Huh? Super weird. It's a blueberry and cream hard cider. Interesting. Yep. I don't know how I feel about cream in my cider, but okay. They say it's a yeah. uh, hard cider, uh, blueberry co-ferment aged vanilla beans finished with milk and sugar. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, but it's what they say, and I'm going to have to try it as soon as it comes out. Huh. So, Very interesting. Yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> All right. Anyway, on to other things. Past your day. Yeah. Your week. Tell me what's going on. So, again, I think this was another week where we were texting each other not only Esri issues, but uh, <laughs> yes. we actually had Esri questions this week, which was really, really fun. Um, which mm. we'll get into a little bit because Ricky actually Absolutely. Ricky switched roles and was doing some pretty fancy stuff, which I'm jealous of. Ugh, gosh. Yeah, you don't like Kill it. Me. You don't like it. I'm jealous of it. So we'll talk later. But that's you know that's how it is. Uh, yeah, this week's been busy. Um, a lot going on. A lot of high stress stuff. Stuff I can't talk about. But um, it's one of those days where I I wish every day was Friday because I can't take another day. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's been my week. It's been stuff that's just been crazy. Uh, yeah. That's just, I'm ready for the week to be done. As I said, this beer in front of me is well needed. Well needed. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, side note, uh, for an audio engineer standpoint, instead of my normal job, uh, I did City Church launched their second campus this week. Shout out, holler. So now it's City Church Albany and City Church Rensselaer. Ooh. Oh, they finally launched that. Yep. That's nice. So we're officially every Sunday now. Sweet. Yep. Uh, but it was a lot of fun because Saturday night, so we launched Sunday, obviously. Saturday night, I'm getting things ready. Um, I'll take pictures if I have time next week. Last week, I did not have time. Uh, I was getting everything ready. We actually had like our projector ball blue like two days before, and it was not fun. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. But we took a different approach this time. So... For anyone who knows, uh, microphone cables are freaking expensive. Like they're probably ten bucks for a fifteen foot cable, if you know, if not more, maybe twelve. And when you have to buy twenty five of those, it's like two hundred bucks by the time you're done, right? Um, you're talking XLRs, right? Yep, yep, that's exactly what I'm talking. Okay, about. yeah. So what we did this time was uh, I went on mono price. Shout out. Uh, bought five hundred feet of bulk XLR cable and uh, my own ends. And I made 
20 i look at you go sat in my living room with my soldering gun and made 25 cables all custom length to the length of the stage oh that's beautiful yeah which all right i'm gonna go into this i didn't i didn't remember this tell me what you think of this this is for everyone listening ricky hasn't heard this before we haven't talked about this yet this is first impression right pressure's on first impression uh we me being me and jeff over at apex audio uh had Mm -hmm. had this idea so i'm setting up this campus right uh i've never done this stage before uh i don't know what equipment i need i'm kind of like just guessing based off experience what i'm gonna need okay so i'm purchasing stuff i'm getting all that stuff ready um but I, I'm the type of person who needs to be visual, right? So like, I want to know who's standing where, what the layout's going to be, where I'm putting my speakers, um, all, mm-hmm. all ahead of time. Because I like being planned, but I also like visualizing stuff, right? You can relate. Yeah. Okay. So what if there is an app? An app where using augmented reality, I can take my picture of my phone, map out a stage... And say, boom, drum set's going here. Go through a list of products. I want this type of amp here. Boom, boom, boom. Want a microphone here, microphone here. All visualizing my stage in AR. Now, two sides to this. Hear me out. Not only can I visualize out my stage, we would have different components where it would be like um, a bar, like Red Square in downtown Albany, right? They would use Mm -hmm. the app once, plan out their stage, because with AR, you can actually do distance, right? You've probably seen AR tape measures and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be the same concept yeah. where they'd put on their stage and be like, all right, this is what it looks like. This is how big it is. We get all that dimensions. And when a band has to play at that, they can turn the AR on, plant the stage in like their garage space so they know how big they're dealing with and tell them we want our amp here, our drum set here. When they're done with that... It sends it over to the sound guy, and because we know distance, it's like, boom, they want this type of amp here, and you're going to need a 25-foot cable from your board. Boom. Holler. Hmm. Could you uh, integrate that into your light system, your light uh, application too? That would probably later on down the road, we would take the same AR and map lights out the same way. Yeah. But here's here's the benefit, right? Here's the even the better kicker to it. Excuse me. Not only can you map out a stage and have bands map out their stage wherever they are because it's AR, right? So you don't need to actually be there. You could just yeah. be wherever. Uh, if they did this for venues, concerts, and shows, not only does the venue manager know exactly what the band want, the venue manager can take what the band inputted and put it out to bid because the sound guy would then have all the knowledge that they need to bid on it because of all the equipment they know. Ooh. how far stuff is across, and then it's basically a bidding system after that because the sound guy could load up Ooh. the finished stage in AR, see all the requirements that we would send them, like they want this type of amp, and it's 25 foot of cable. da 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 Done. And then send a bid back. How cool is that? Huh. That sounds like a good idea. I mean, pretty niche. Yeah. Thing. It's, definitely, it's definitely niche, and it's definitely only for production. But I had... But that would be very good for... Um, Sound companies and light companies that travel to do different venues yeah. to, you know, they do like one-off things. Um, like when I DJed for in college, like we would rent a sound and light guy or a company to do our uh, spring dance. Mm-hmm. And 
you know they set up everything that would be really sweet though yeah because because you know. can visualize stuff beforehand and on the flip side production can be do the reverse and be like hey this is what we could do with your stage for this amount of money um right and even so like so once you get past like smaller venues like the one that we do in new hampshire every year where that's like you know thousands or so people yeah. bigger multiple stages all that other stuff um because production companies are such a niche most of these production companies are out of state you know the shows in New Hampshire, Apex, right. were from New York. The main stage is actually from a, a place in Tennessee. They drive all the way up for the stage. So imagine if you could plant the stage somewhere. Jeez. You'd literally be states away but know exactly what you're getting into. Huh. That's really good. Yeah. That, no, that is good. Yeah. So that's – I feel like it would just be – you have to do a lot of marketing for it though, I think. You know, a lot of like personal outreach sure. to people and be like, hey, look, here's our thing. You know, you have to go to them and be like, hey – this is what we do. This is how we yep. do it. This is your advantages, blah, 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 you know, all that jazz. Yep. But A lot of marketing. And if, and uh, if at yeah. the very least, I'm excited because I haven't built AR apps yet. So this would be a good first one to check oh off God. the list. You're, you're really itching to get into that, aren't you? A little you? bit, yeah. I'm not I'm not like VR yet because I don't like uh, building video games. So I don't want to create the entire world. But I can handle, I can handle I AR. I think AR is just cooler, though. Me too. Well, I, I mean, I think... AR, be AR is more compatible now too because you got to think right. So AR uh, Android just came out with AR Kit, or I'm um, sorry, AR AR mm-hmm. Core, uh, which is supported on a number of phones. Where basically AR just works out of the box. Um, iPhone super cool. Probably one of the only things they've done right recently is uh, with iOS with <laughs> iOS 11. They have a thing called AR Kit where AR will work on every phone that supports iOS 11, even if it only has one camera. Huh. So Interesting. The pot, yeah, so basically this app would instantly work on any iPhone. Huh, that's very good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just, just an idea. Sorry to take too much time, but that's uh, that was a quick, quick idea of the week. That one came out. Well, now that you put it out there, somebody else is going to steal it. Uh, who cares? I'll make <laughs> mine open. I'll do it better. So, mm. yep. You're not wrong. Yep. 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 So, anything else? You got anything to top that? <laughs> not to top that. I mean, it's just been a been a long week. You know. Yeah. Just one project that's been hammered over and over and over, you know, just one of those weeks where you have to get one project out and it's just like thing after another that keeps on screwing up or whatever. Is this uh, separate? Is this separate from the project that we've uh, we're about yeah. to talk about? Yeah, it, it is. It's a you know designing a pumping station, which you wouldn't think is terribly hard, but there you, when you have to do a preliminary engineering study, and you have to do cost analysis, and you have to evaluate flow for the drainage basin that's uh, serving, and just like this and that, blah blah blah. You know, makes you want to drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> After work. Uh, yeah. Or during work, based off the picture you saw. Or during work. work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which, Based off early this week, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, still jealous. So I I was kind of mad today because I missed uh, free pretzels because it was Philly's opening day, um, and the company was like, "Hey, free pretzels in the in the rec room." I was like, "Oh, well, screw you!" For I'm in Bel- I'm down here in Bel Air and up in Wilmington. <laughs> oh, but, but dang it! Was it pretzel day? That's what it was. Pretzel day, yeah. like the office. No, it was, it was opening. It was opening day for the Phillies. That's oh, I got yeah. You. So got they you. made Philly Philly pretzels. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Because because why not? Yeah. Yeah. Let's stay. 
did I tell you about um oh yeah I that was the other thing that I sent you I think it was like last week was uh I won a twenty five dollar gift card for Amazon and you were yeah, pretty man. upset about that for uh Easter egg hunt my company has an Easter egg hunt and yeah one, well, let me one set the card. tone let me set the tone for everyone about our uh, please do our messages messages back and forth so I'm already having a tough week right like there's just too much going on Ricky texts me a picture. Uh, he's like, hey, this is what we have on tap today. And it's just four different beers at his office. And my my reply back was just instantly, Anchorman, screw you. Like, totally, totally not <laughs> having it right there. And then on top of that, not only were you having beer at work, you then reply, oh, yeah, by the way, we just casually had Easter egg hunt and I won $25. And I'm just <laughs> Kevin Hart meme right there just looking at you like, oh, dude, come on. So, I think it was Seinfeld or something. Yeah, I think it was Seinfeld or something. Like oh that. yeah. But, and then <laughs> after and after that, I didn't text you this um, either. Is that we actually got hot dogs too? Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what I had to do that week? I had to be at be on a bus Tell at me. five in the morning. So yeah, thanks. Thanks. Oh boo hoo! You get paid more than me, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even give me that. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah. Well, whatever. I thought I was <laughs> done riding riding school buses, but. Nope, still a thing. So, oh well, oh well. Anyway, let's let's jump into your project here because I want to. We've we've talked a little bit because you've had questions mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh, yes, as you probably could tell from you asking me questions and my responses, um, whether you wanted it or not, I instantly got too involved <laughs> in your work. You're like, I don't oh know if I can figure this out, and I'm like on GitHub, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's this type of code, and you got to look into this and. You wanted to live vicariously through me. Yeah, like, I did. It's out. That's how it is. All right. Um, so, but yeah. So do you want me to just explain it? Yeah, you go through we, it and then I'll we ask We go into questions. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. So what we did is one day me and the other GIS guy, G, the other GIS guy for background has been there for 15 years and he's been doing mm-hmm. GIS through the entire thing, you know, from the very, you know. From the older systems now to where you're working in 3D on GIS, right? Yep. Yep. Well, now it, um, we're at the point in the company now that he has like me to work with um, that actually you know wants to expand our GIS capabilities for the company. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, let's get this server going so we can ditch ArcGIS online because let's be honest, it's not great. I try. Okay. <laughs> a little side trail. I tried to edit a, a featured layer in there and i couldn't uh, edit it like so in a featured layer on arcgis online you have multiple layers in it because i uploaded it from arcgis pro right well i can't add another layer to that featured layer and then i email esri our contact at esri for um municipal support and he's like oh yeah no you just have to re-upload everything i was like well what why why on earth would i want to do that does it take a long time to upload who coded Eh, I mean, but the, well, the issue is though, is that so in pro, you can't just pull the featured layer from online, bring it into pro, add another layer, re-upload it just like as like a append function, right? You have to take your original data that you have that you uploaded to the server and then add another layer to that. Then you click on um, publish as a web layer. Then you have to select which ones you want first. Then you can upload it. So the whole point for us wanting to do that was to keep data in the cloud. That way we don't have to keep it on our servers and it's all the same, yep. right? No matter who's yep. looking at it, online yep. or offline. 
Well, you can't do that no. unless you're because if you're making changes offline on our servers, they're not going to be uploaded unless you have to re-upload the entire freaking thing, you know. Anyway, so that kind of just like pushes over that edge, and we're like, you know what? Screw this. We're just going to get into the server game here with um, open source GIS. Uh, first um, of all, the which, second I mean, Ricky said it was all open source, I was like, perfect, signed off. I'm good. No problems. We're good. <laughs> Keep going. Got the seal of Nate's seal of Yeah, that's all that matters um, is that I approved it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that. Obviously, that's all that matters. Uh, well, we're looking into things, and we finally come to the conclusion. All right, let's use GeoNode as a front end, which is basically open source ArcGIS online, which is great. I mean, when you know how to set it up and everything. And we have a back end as um, GeoServer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Beyond that, we also have um, PostgreSQL with PostGIS installed on that. Now, how those two differentiate, uh, I'll be honest, I have no clue. Because wait, hold on, let me let me see if I can answer this. Which whole server thing? What? Uh, okay. Ask that question again. So, when we sign up with AccuGIS, um, they we just told them, all right, we want GeoNode, GeoServer, and SQL databases that are spatially, you can spatially relate, yep. whatever. So they set us all up with, and then so we have these three different services. Now, I don't, we, neither of us know how any of them interact. We have no, we don't, we don't see where the connections are made oh, in the back end. Okay. Like in the back end, there's no, there's only one thing that I'm seeing, and it's like, it's a workspace named GeoNode. I was like, okay, that's great, but how, where in GeoNode is that? connection being made like there's no settings in geonode mm. for that in the in the gui anyway so we're so we're like all right well how is this doing anything and i made a change to the uh index.html just to change the look of the right right the splash page right restart the restart the apache tomcat yep, which is for geo server and yep. right um, but apparently you need to restart GeoNode also, eh, but we don't know if this is the issue. And now we can't upload or delete any layers to GeoNode. So after a lot of work, a lot of researching, we're just like stuck now. And for some reason, AccuGIS didn't feel like having putting a backup in there for that, you know, from the very first disk image for some reason. I didn't think, oh, hey, they're not going to put in a backup image because, you know, that's kind right, of a basic of thing to do. So we can't even revert to that. Um, so at this point, we're just like, uh, now what? So, oh, so you're just having fun. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's <sighs> tough. I'd have to look through it. I know from my quick bit of research for a project I'm totally not involved in, um, <laughs> GeoNode is the one that's the front end, right? Yeah. Okay, so GeoNode is built in Python, mm-hmm. and GeoServer is built on Java. Apache um, mm-hmm. Tomcat is probably working with Java because it's probably the one serving up the files, managing the HTTP requests, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, um, the GeoNode server uh, runs as a separate server as well. Um, but yeah. it's a it's a Python server. I don't know who they're using for processing. Maybe Flask or something like that. I don't know. Um, but they're doing their thing. Uh, and then 
I'm trying to think. Maybe GeoServer is the one that does like all the spatial calcs and uh, managing of like showing you the map, right? And GeoNode just manages everything I'm else. Pretty sure. Yeah, because like in GeoServer, you can set up the um, WCS, WFS, uh, WMTS servers for mm-hmm. all these, you know, the web map, the web maps or the web uh, something. Because that's how I've services. done it, right? So yeah. I've, I've had to set up my own, not through GeoNode or all that stuff, which I wish I did. But um, but I know like when I did it, we had to expand it out. So it was like we had one front end service, right, which was like where users could search, see the map, all that other stuff. But we had right, yeah. We then had a separate service and a separate server for t- for just tiles. So like loading the tiles on the map, the vector maps, the yeah, the layers mm-hmm. that was totally separate. Then we had the database. Then we had another server or service that did all the spatial queries. So it's like if I enter an address, I have to find the closest point to that or whatever like that. Um, right. So we technically had like four services running the user interface the tile and uh, layers server, the database, and then spatial server. People, right. people, when they see a map, just think it's a map, but spatial recognition and GIS queries are incredibly complicated and incredibly... Um, Takes a lot of CPU usage. Yeah, it's it's pretty heavy in terms of it's... Yeah. It's powerful because you got to think it's searching millions of coordinates, so it's... For what it yeah, is, it's, it's, like a, it's good. It's a point cloud, and it's searching for one point in that cloud. You Correct. Know? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, keep going. Keep going. But yeah, so now we're at this point where we're stuck, um, and we're thinking like, oh, crap. Well, now what, what do we do? You know, are we switching? Do we have to switch services? Do you think we should switch services? Like, I don't know. We're talking back and forth like, oh, crap. Uh, so yeah, talk about, uh, talk about AccuGIS real quick. Because I'd never heard of them before. Uh, you yeah, because I know like you, a, I know you're talking about like God. AWS at one point, um, but that may yeah. have been back when you're going with like Esri Server and stuff. But I know we were talking about AWS versus Azure <laughs> no and all way. the other stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Esri Server is insanely expensive. Good God. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm well. Yeah, I know. We just spun up our third one. <laughs> so. Oh, good God. Yeah, you pay per server. So. Ugh, it's like yep. k- thousands. Uh, anyway, but yeah. Um, AccuGIS is uh, basically a one-stop shop for all your GIS server needs, and you just like tell them what you want installed onto your account, and bam, you got it. You don't have to do any installs. You don't have to do anything like that. You just have to set it all up, basically. You know, you have to edit it. You have to make it look the way you want it, and all that fun stuff. But they give you everything to start off with, so you don't have to fuss with figuring out how everything interchanges with each other and setting all that up also yeah um, it looks like they have a lot like they could you could do just post gis if you just wanted a database you right could do um geo node geo server oh geo web cache that's pretty cool um mm-hmm. post sql looks like they have like a routing one too if you were to do routing they had a separate service for that um yeah i mean they offer all the basic uh oh shape loader is pretty cool um, it looks like everything that like someone would do, they just saved you all the steps and built a control panel around it, which is, which yeah, is- basically. And I mean, they have C panel too. We, they gave us a C panel, yeah. which is kind of a throwback yeah. to high school <laughs> when we were doing yeah, yeah. like, we're everyone sites. used C panel. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. What is it now? Um, is most, it like a- well, I guess I can't talk as most people um, because I now just do it all from the command line, so I'm kind of a rebel. I know. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, cool. Look at you, Lati. Um, so like <laughs> I have my own server architecture that I manage, um, but I know a couple of companies I've worked for recently that like, you know, just small businesses that want to do stuff. Um, I think uh, mm-hmm. Wix is becoming popular again because they switched. They finally are like oh, out yeah. of the hole where they used to do flash websites because that was their holdback for a while. Yeah. Oh, good uh, I remember those days. Oh. Uh, Squarespace is pretty good <laughs> for simple things. Like I think. Yeah. Yeah. For like another shout especially. out. I think Steven uses that for his photography site. So I think his is with Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I think they do a really good Squarespace does yeah. a good e-commerce deal too. I think, I think that's that's their whole yeah. So I think um, yeah, I think those are the other ones. So like those things are also like website editors on like WordPress. So they kind of all just flow into uh, the mm-hmm. same thing. And then I know like even WordPress now is such a common thing where like GoDaddy doesn't have cPanel, but you can just go to GoDaddy and be like, I want a WordPress site, and then you just use the WordPress admin from there out. So. Right, which is sweet. Yeah, I always like that. Yep, their WordPress so, app. WordPress is good. I introduced you to Ghost, though. What did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, uh, that was that's a more mobile first deal, um, which is nice, especially for nowadays. You know. Well, yeah, even Ghost. So, like, WordPress originally came out. Bit of history. WordPress originally came out as like a blog only service, and then it yeah. kind of evolved over time, where it's like, oh, now we have plugins. Now anyone can build plugins. Anyone can build really crappy plugins. And then we're still <laughs> on a really old version of PHP. And they're, you know, they kind of evolved from a good service into like an overly complicated, non secure mess. Right. Uh, Ghost came in 2015, 2016, somewhere around there, right when WordPress mm-hmm. was starting to get more and more of a bad rep because of all the security issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, boom. We built this in Node.js with handlebars and Ember.js, so we're super hipster, and we're only doing blocks. Um, and the real color for me that made it super cool, so they have pages now, so you can make it somewhat of a website. Right. Um, they have some plugins, but I think for the most part, they're all internal, and they're super locked down, so it's it's not an issue. Yeah. Um, but if you saw their demos or anything like that, they uh, you edit pages and blog posts through markup which is a super markdown which is a super for those of you don't know markdown is a super 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 awesome scripting language to like do anything i use markup for github documentation pdf generation uh blogging super nice because it's like have you used markdown before i thought so like i thought that's where like that's like if i want if i wanted a header uh, I yeah. would do hashtag name of the thing, and it's like an H1 header. If I want an H3 header for HTML, I would do oh. hashtag, 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 um, inline yeah. codes, like three quotes, and then it's code, and then simplified HTML, basically. I'm yeah, pretty but sure. it's like yeah, because so. you don't need to know HTML. You just need to know simple commands, like in quotes and then brackets. Boom, that's a link with yeah. an image. You know, um, right? Super easy because to format that's just it's elegant. Is all I gotta say. It's elegant. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, and then, you know, and we were also looking at um, design of the website too, and you know, thinking like, mm-hmm. why, I mean, the current our current company website is just I don't know, it's behind the times. It's very basic, straight up HTML, nothing fancy. It's unbelievable, not the greatest. Yeah, it, yeah, I know. So that's why I'm like, you know what? I want my area to be super awesome and have yep. material design, material design all the way. We're both yeah. everything. Yep. Yeah. It, no, I think that'd be good. Cause you're, you're, uh, this isn't going to be your website. This is just going to be like a client facing portal type. Right. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, I mean, good. I want it up to look super slick and not, and not cluttered at all. You know, very small, very little amount of text. Yeah. It's the go way minimalistic. to go, yeah. 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 Exactly. I agree. No, that's cool. I'm excited to see how this project turns out because you're only what maybe a week into it. This is the first yeah. week, really. Not e- not even. We just bought it this week, actually. So yeah, it's only so been a few still, days. Yeah, we're still that's cool. We're very new at this, so um, yeah, we were we we're thinking like, all right, what do we? <laughs> we have no idea what to do at this point. But what, uh, because we, it's just like a lot of stuff that we're just like, how the heck do you do this or do this, and then like. You know, how are we connected to the service through ArcGIS, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. And I guess the other thing is, like, they have three HTML files, which I thought at first was, like, kind of weird. But then you said it wasn't because um, it, it uses Java for their uh, for their splash page, which, I mean, fine, whatever. It's, I just don't know Java, so. JavaScript it's, or Java? It's a big JavaScript. difference. There you Sorry. go. Sorry. It's better. Fine. Yep. yep. Gosh. Just throw that out there. Um, that's like the number one thing that you actually see with uh, software recruiters is for, you'll see memes all over the place because it happens all the time where a recruiter will be like, yeah, we need a person who's got 10 years of experience of Java. And then they'll get in the interview and it's like, you mean JavaScript? Like I shouldn't be applying for this job because they <laughs> they get them confused all the time. So huh. side note. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you guys have a timeline on this project? Like. Nah, before, no. it's kind of like a side project and when it's done it's done but we would like to get it done before uh um like fall yeah okay are you gonna like roll one client on at a time on it well we're gonna test it out with our biggest gis client um just to, oh, that's smart throw the biggest yeah. guy on there first that's well because then we can figure out all the issues you know that way when the smaller fish come on we're like oh yeah we already know how to do this because we already worked out all the kinks but like yeah, you know, when we have yeah. twenty different layers working here with uh, the one yeah. client, and then you know we want to make sure we have the correct groups. We want to make sure that they can't access anybody else's maps and this and that. You know, yep. all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we want to make question. sure that that's working all correct before we start putting it out there. Yeah, I know this is replacing as uh, ArcGIS Online, correct? Or yeah, goal. we're trying that's to. The goal. Yeah. Okay. Are you still going to use ArcGIS Pro for everything else? Yeah, because through ArcGIS Pro, you can connect to all the different servers that are um, available oh, okay. through GeoServer. Yeah. So, so do and, they have they have integration already with like GeoServer and all that? Well, it's not with GeoServer. It's a standard like uh, WCS or WFT. Oh, so it's like a, a file a file output. Or yeah, it's a, yeah, okay. It's a type of server that it serves different purposes. Ah, okay. Yep. Um, and then they also have like integration with the ArcGIS server, which is a whole different thing altogether. Yeah. Also, you yeah. know, which um, is kind of weird how they set that all up. But yeah, cool. ArcGIS, so it, it can do all of that, which is nice. 
Yeah, so you're going to stay with Pro to still build the maps in the office, and then when they're yeah. time to face the client, you're just going to put them on GeoNode Geo servers. Yeah, and well, you know, I found something stupid um, today actually with uh, Pro is I can't edit a geometric uh, network on Pro. So what we explain that geometric I'm so when we did an asset management plan which is like kind of surveying all the assets of a town you know like fire hydrants gravity yep. sewer water we put together a geometric network for the gravity sewer so then we can evaluate the uh the flows and things like that right yep and where everything is going but the issue is though pro can't edit that huh. which i mean to me i mean that <laughs> I'm just like, why? What, you know, I feel like it's a pretty basic thing for people are using for GIS, you know, f- to evaluate the flows or to evaluate a network of certain things. You right. know? So I had to cr- I had to crack open de- desktop and edit it and it's like, oh, yeah, totally fine. We're good. You know, it's like, oh, OK. So hold on. <laughs> so it worked in their desktop app, but not their pro app? Yeah, not the pro. But the pro is so the better like, version oh, of desktop. The pro is the better version of desktop. Well, it's the word. Okay. Pro is kind of like the Microsoft Office of GIS now because of how it's set up. It looks exactly like Microsoft Word except with um, GIS because it has the ribbon across the top. It has nice big buttons. Yep. um, It has a nice big area with with the map, and then you can have different tabs in it too, kind of like AutoCAD where you have different maps and then you have different layouts. Gotcha. Um, with GI with desktop, uh, you couldn't do that ever. You know, gotcha. it's kind of like a uh, you had to open up a different MXD and then you have to save a different MXD and then blah 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 and just got very cluttered. But at least gotcha. with this, you can keep it all. It's they're trying to market it more as like a project. One project has one file and with ah, multiple okay. apps in yep. it. Yep, which is way better for especially for what we do when we have different layouts. We have different maps that we're trying to show things. Different whatever. Yep. That's cool. It makes it, yeah, it makes everything nice and easy with that. But I couldn't believe that they didn't have that functionality already in there. Just, just it, it, and, you know, leave it to Esri to put to market something that doesn't have all the features. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Yeah, that's fair. Anything uh, yeah. else with this project? Because I want to. Uh, I want to. Yeah, you know. Uh, I think this is a project that we'll be talking on over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, this is gonna be a ongoing. this is gonna be a long-standing project that we will be talking about for a very long time. I feel like you know. Yeah, because you'll be working on it. It's gonna. I'll be working on it because I shouldn't be, but I'm overly invested in it. Just one of those. Yeah. 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 Cool. So for some sadistic reason, you like to do work, so that was yeah. this nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway. Cool. But yeah. Um, now, next topic that we want to talk about is group session that you had. Yeah, so I have a uh, and UI testing. Yeah, so this is pretty cool. So uh, I've done this before. There's a, a Albany, New York user group meeting called TVUG. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. That we uh, it's like a .NET user group that my coworker mm-hmm. uh, heads up um, and. Uh, I've spoken at it before. The last time I spoke at it, um, I talked about Microsoft Bond and Google Protobuf, which uh, is that serialization library I was talking about for the Byte DB that I was yeah. thinking about doing. So um, I've done a user group session on that before. Uh, this week we had someone drop out. So um, 
I actually have less than a week to prepare my demo, but uh, I'm talking about Appium and UI testing. So unit testing is something that like developers do all the time. You just write code to test your code, however that logic works out. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you can basically just test like basic functions like, oh, if I give a function one plus one and the function's called addition, is it going to return two? Like, you know, basic logic, not you, nothing the user sees, but logic that you've written that you want to make sure if I put in X and Y, it gives me C, you know? Right. Um, UI testing is testing on like actual devices as if it was a user. So it's going to be replicate a click here, type in a username, click this button and does it do this or, you know, swipe down, does it do this? Um, so kind of they're a little more complicated to write. However, Appium kind of solved this issue. So mobile development right now is kind of hard because uh, you got so many different variables, right? So like if I'm writing for iOS mm -hmm. natively, if I'm writing for it natively, I'm writing it in Swift or Objective-C. If I'm writing an Android app natively, I'm writing it in Java. Um, obviously, you can do cross-platform stuff, which is what I do. So I would pick Xamarin, which is Microsoft's bottom-out C-sharp you can write iOS and Android at the same time in one language, uh, which is the approach that a lot of people are going because before you used to have to write stuff natively, like anything, because, I mean, admit it, processors on phones five years ago versus now were insanely slow. Now, you know, oh, yeah. they're so fast that I don't, I don't, if I'm writing a basic app, I'm going to share code because yes, it might be a little bit of a performance hit, but I mean, if I'm, you know, if my app is literally a form, like, uh, you know, take a picture, fill this in, submit data, log in, maybe. Um, why would I write that in two different languages? Like, that's so simple. Right. Um, yeah. Appium does the same thing with uh, UI testing, which is great. So UI testing, huh. nor uh, Apple has its own uh, framework called, uh, God, I'm blanking on the name. But either way. Uh, Apple has its own UI test framework that you can run out of Xcode. Android has its own like uh, UI Automator or Espresso or something like that that you can write UI tests in. Um, mm -hmm. Appium lets yeah. you write them uh, based off a framework called the Selenium WebDriver, which is very well known for UI testing websites, right? testing websites in Chrome, Firefox, whatever, you can UI test them, and then they use the Selenium WebDriver for the most part. Appium lets you use that same framework to test your apps by basically just building a web layer on top of Apple's framework and on top of Android's framework. So what's pretty cool is if I can write an Appium UI test in any language. I can write it in C Sharp, uh, Java, JavaScript. Um, I can even write it in Ruby and PHP if I wanted to. Um, and it would work because it's all web-based, right? So as long as I can make a network call, I can write it in that language. So super cool, the the idea behind it. Um, mm -hmm. with, that, with that said, because all the controls are the same, I can essentially write a UI test once and have it work on iOS and Android so I can test my devices at the same time. Um, and on top of that, this is like just icing on top of the cake. Every time I mention it, Appium has this really cool desktop app where you can plug in an actual device and show it on your screen. I think it works with an emulator too, but an actual device is a little nicer in my book. It shows on your screen 
And if you're not a developer, you can write tests because you can see the device on the screen. As you hover over the device, it'll like point out all the different elements that the developers made. Like this is a text box. This is a button. Uh, huh. This is a text view. You can click it. It'll show you the attributes of that element. And then there's a recording button. So I can be like, all right, I'm going to start recording. I'm going to click here, type in this text, click this button, and then click this, and then click done recording. And it actually generates code in the language that the developer needs for that test. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm surprised Apple actually, you can do that with an iPhone because uh, Apple has a pretty locked down. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, UI testing is pretty simple, uh, or not simple, but UI testing is pretty well known. So obviously for iPhone, um, I think it works on a simulator right out of the box, but to do it on an actual physical device, there's a couple settings you got to turn on or something like that. Android, obviously I can do whatever I want, whenever the hell I want, and it just right. works. Yeah. It just works, right? Because it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but uh, yeah, they they work anywhere. Uh, I currently only use it for Android, but I mean, it works great, um, and it's actually pretty fast compared to some frameworks I've used. Right, so e- even though I'm using Xamarin, the first round of UI tests I experimented with was with Xamarin's own UI testing framework, um, and Appium's framework uh, is about three times as fast, four times as fast. So, you oh, know, wow. yeah, an examine UI test would take four minutes. It takes a minute or less with Appium. So they have it down pretty far and it's, uh, you know, I'm still learning more before my demo because I got to get it working, but uh, I'm pretty excited. It's saved me a lot of time. You know, I have a tablet that's plugged into a random computer on my desk. So every time I push code, it'll just run the tests and let me know if I broke anything. So pretty cool stuff uh now when you say uh ui testing like mm-hmm. what does that entail for people that don't know who that is i don't know what that is but yeah what, yeah what do you so mean by that there's two types of development testing there's uh unit testing and ui testing unit testing is testing the actual function so nothing the user sees kind of just like my back-end logic of if i give the function this it's going to give me this in return kind of ex- expected inputs and expected outputs right Um, UI testing is basically replicating what the user would do. So we actually, in our system, track bugs that we know we can replicate by hand. So like my logic might be fine, but if I swipe left and swipe ref, swipe left and then swipe right, uh, maybe (laughs) the interface does something weird, right? So it's stuff like that that I can test for. So stuff I can, because the whole point of UI testing is I'm not testing my code. I'm kind of interacting with the device as the user would and then making sure it does what it should. Huh. Okay. So okay. that's that's why they're more complicated to write too, because you're doing button yeah. clicks and all that other stuff. So, right. Um, we also use it uh, for multiple language testing. So, like, I can set up one test and then set up different parameters for that test. So it actually runs my test four times, but it runs it in four different languages to verify that the app translates correctly, uh, the sizing is correct, because obviously words and French might be longer or shorter than English, so I got to make sure every all the buttons still look right and all that other stuff. Um, so that's another good aspect of UI testing is actually multiple uh, languages. So now, big question is, how much does this cost for you to for this app, for this app? I guess oh, oh, is it an app or application yeah. or what? Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Um, 
I would only <laughs> I would only use it if it's open source. It's open source. Okay, you know that's fair. I should have known better on that one. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. No, a hundred percent open source. Um, and so it's like user contributed. I've already made a couple changes to their app. Um, it's it's great. It's literally a good community, one that's been around for a while. They actually have their first developer conference this year. Um, it's a uh, it's it's a pretty up and coming like UI testing framework. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. So I'm excited for it. And this is the alternative to Xamarin. Is this like the only alternative? Uh, no, it's an it's an alternative to anything. So like I instead okay. of if I didn't want to deal with writing Java UI tests, I could use Appium yeah. because then my QA guys could use the recorder and not know how to write code and still write the test for me. So that's a big yeah. advantage is that you don't need to be. A uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So huh. pretty cool. Fun stuff. Uh, yeah. I'll, you know. We'll see how it goes, but I'm excited for it. So, all right. Well, anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, I think the only thing we got is, I think you shout out in the beginning, but we have a Twitter now. Engineer at engineer of what? No, the too long. Um, But we've already posted some cool stuff. We posted some podcast tips, some new episodes. Uh, Ricky's Esri struggles. That video you, you sent me posted. Yeah. If you look at the uh, tweet before that one, you will see uh, Nate's amazing mug with something in his mouth. I don't know what it is. Mug? Look to find out. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, sir. Look at the thumbnail that got put in there. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the user group uh, photo because the guy, Chris, yeah. loves loves posting stuff let me see if i can find this real quick hold on but i'm, I'm curious as to what picture that is i i looked oh, at the it's from like website. years ago no it's I, like, I realized that but what was in your mouth though what the hell? it could have been it's just it's literally a super digitally zoomed picture yeah of you just straight mugging yeah so let me see <laughs> with let a beanie and read. long hair so this is oh this God. is the description this is how for this week that he wrote up let me see if it'll load real quick uh yep. <laughs> um Nathan is a software engineer primarily focused on examiner development. He has been developing for six years, but at the age of twenty-two has some unique experiences as being mistaken as a thirty-four year old by Miguel. And for those of you who don't who you know, Miguel is <laughs> one of the founders of Examarin. Um he uh I've always been able to pause and rewind TV. Um once saw a V explain that one. Uh, it's because of how it's explain that it's because of how young I am. So basically I've always been around, uh, around TiVo, uh, okay. which goes uh, goes into the next one of once saw a VHS tape and had to check Wikipedia to see what it was. <laughs> um and then not knowing what it was like to grow grow up without a personal phone number. Oh my god. Ain't that the truth? Remember when you first got the iPhone 2G? My oh, god. I was right on it. Like the only one. Yeah. Oh my god! And then I and then I and then you took it. Yeah, off. I took yours. Yeah. I took it off your hands. <laughs> oh my god, that was so bad. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, that was good. So <laughs> well, I did keep. I kept it and gave it to a uh, Apple fanboy. He had like every single iPhone since since the three G, and he didn't have a two G. So I was like, you know what? Here, yeah, I have a two G. I don't need it. And 2G, I know you like. <laughs> other other than it being slow, that two G was through hell and back, and it was still a great. Phone. Oh my. God god at the end it had so many scratches when i uh but still held its weight so still still worked just fine it did yep yeah 
You know, the last iPhone to do that was the 4S, honestly, I think. Just that, that thing was so so solid. Yeah, that was my last favorite phone because I had the fi- the 4S. Um, yeah. And then I went to the 5C, which was meh, whatever. And then yeah. uh, the 6S. And then obviously now I'm on Android. So, yeah, which is the best. Bless. Yeah, came to came home yeah it's the best switch ever i still love this phone even people who come up to me who haven't seen this phone love it because it's such a sleek looking phone it's so good it is yeah. it's so nice you don't have the notch in it do you no i do i didn't think no you. i do you do it's a very small notch though like it's literally just it's okay. just the camera oh. so it's like literally just like a bubble around the camera but uh that's so essential i won't get too much into this because we're almost done but the essential obviously yeah. is a very pure version of Android. The only real change they made was they have some really cool custom code where if an app isn't flagged correctly to handle a notch, it actually expands the toolbar by an extra 20 pixels so that the notch doesn't block the screen. Um, huh. And it actually that is awesome. And it actually still looks pretty good because it'll change the toolbar to the color of the bar in the app so it looks yeah it looks really sleek really yeah my nexus 5x does that obviously i don't have a notch in mind but it does uh does uh match the color which is pretty sweet and in chrome too it matches the color of the website yep so they do that they do that everywhere when they when they bring the notch down so it's like a really clean like huh yeah that's interesting yeah so pretty cool um yeah i think that's all we got for this week we got yeah, we have uh, some stickers coming out here soon. Yep. Hopefully. I'm ordering those this week, actually. Uh, I'm pretty excited Sweet. to get some laptop stickers because if, uh, if – I don't know if you've seen it, but if anyone else looks at my laptop, I'll post a picture on Twitter. It's like my laptop. Yeah, I've seen It's that. like my laptop got you know sticker aids because they're like all over the place. It's like crazy. Yeah. So, well, is, isn't it all of the uh, all of the uh, codes you can, uh, all the languages you can code? Oh in? yeah, all that, all the platforms said. I've worked at. We got some uh, Rick and Morty, <laughs> Mister Poopy Butthole on here. Of course, uh, some other random stuff, but you know, I'll post a picture of it. It's pretty sweet. Um, all right, yeah. So I think that's it for this week. Find us on Twitter at Engineer of What. Uh, go to the website, theengineerofwhat.com, send us some reviews, send us some email. We would just love to hear from you. We'll talk about you on the show. We'll do some shout outs. Um, and then other than that, for this week, this is Nate. This is Rick. Thanks for listening.